Hello, hello. Good morning. Hey, Bert. I am here. Great. Me too. I'm going to be double dipping at uh, 8 o'clock. Oh. I'm supposed to be attending a CAP Christian Association of Psychological Studies conference. Uh-huh. Digital. So I'm, sure I'm going to have it on so right. I can get credit of watching it in live. Uh, is, is that worth more than watching it later? Is your continuing education units? Well, we're supposed to have out of our 36 every two years about 11 live courses and the rest can be digital. So I want to make sure I get in. This will give me 10. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I think I'm going to be. Uh, uh, letting my license go dormant, but. Uh, right, you mentioned that, yeah. Hello. Hello. I think that was just my uh, timer or my alert for the 10 o'clock hour or the 7.30 hour or whatever. Yeah, I get a call each time. Right. Well, I, I have a, a notification on my phone at 7.30 about the meeting also, which I think Rig, uh, that, you may have thought that was somebody entering the room. I've told you, but uh, my sister is seeking to have my wife and I removed to, to replace it with co-trustees of my dad's estate. Right. Yeah. That uh, heated up last night with uh, more documentation and documents that came through the prep for the trial. Wednesday. So uh, this is our big uh, excitement at the moment, and I think maybe now Ernie's joined us. Yes. Sorry, I. Uh didn't have a touchpad on my phone so I couldn't or a keypad on my watch so I could answer the one when it called me so I had to uh, run and find my phone. Oh, ah, good morning everyone. Is Janet here? Not yet. All right. So I was just struck by how many of us have major life crises this week of one sort or another. Brent with uh -huh. his class. I guess maybe you're you're the big week maybe it was last week, but you know, Ross is going through three different kinds of hell. Uh, Robbie's got his court case. Um, you know, we are facing incredible spiritual warfare in our family. And it's uh, it's something. I have a friend who's, you know, uh, his job runs out like this week. And he and I have been praying about other things. And he just had like his first real interview Thursday, which was encouraging, but it's like, so many things feel like we're on a knife edge. Right. How are you holding well, up, Brent? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I uh, I had, uh, I don't know, Thursday we were talking. So uh, yesterday I, I was in a uh, five hours of virtual meetings and i've got six hours of virtual meetings coming up at eight o'clock oh my gosh it's, that's right your conference right yeah so i mean it's kind of tiring but it's it's fun i mean it's interesting but it's i really love to hear them uh them integrate 
their faith into their practice. But all the clinical stuff, it's like, wow, Lord, I feel so separate from that right now in my pastoral pursuits. So uh, it's just yeah. an interesting, interesting time. But then I'm running, I'm the, uh, the interface, the digital interface is called WOVA, W-H-O-V-A, that I've never seen before. But it's really easy and got some nice features. And so I'm texting different people, you know, old friends and stuff and connecting. So, oh, wow. The W-H-O-V-A? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I know there's lots of these little virtual conference softwares, but I haven't heard anyone actually use one that they like. So this is really useful news. Yeah, uh, I don't, you know, I have nothing really to compare it to, but I mean, they're getting better, you know, uh, and yeah. uh, um, it's, yeah. actually much, well, it's actually pretty big and sophisticated. I don't know how much it costs or anything, but uh, it's, uh, it's fascinating. So, so I'm curious, what's this uh, moving from discussing the, the, the sessions to the movement? That sounds pretty big. Yes, and I will tell you in one minute after I handle feeding the dogs. Keep talking about yourself, sorry. <laughs> so, Robbie, did you say you got uh, a subpoena for all kinds of data? No, the... Uh that my sister has applied for a summary judgment uh, with the hope that we would not uh, contest it, I guess. And uh, so that has been postponed from February 4th now, three or four times to April 1st. Um, but yesterday, uh, at the last minute that they can file uh, final documents, I guess, they uh, included statements from uh, two thirds of the beneficiaries who have refused to talk to us for the last eight months, or, or I guess a year now, since uh, Cindy presented to them whatever she presented to them, uh, all joining the petition, supporting the petition. And, uh, we have uh, one one of the defendant or one of the beneficiaries who did join that. We had a good long chat with last night, uh, but. Uh, Anyway, so that uh, that's our current context. A bunch more, uh, and you know, more more misstatements and out of context quotes. And they're uh, they're trying to they're trying to classify uh, companionship as a form of medical care for which uh, the daughter should be reimbursed fifty five hundred a month from the trust. And uh, we have been unwilling to go along. So now they're petitioning to have us removed. I see. So Robbie. I, I, when I was hearing you say that they filed this, assuming that you wouldn't contest it, I was curious. Well, I'm guessing. Right? Sorry, did you guess? I, I guess. I, I, okay. It's a guess. Yeah. Right. It's a guess. So it, it just occurred to me. Have you considered the possibility of not contesting it? Um, I think we. I have. mean, I know it's horribly unjust. Yeah, because I mean, I know it's horribly unjust and possibly disastrous. But well, my, even this is Easter and the cross, I figure, well, that's maybe an option that's worth yeah. considering. Yeah. So if it was just our interests, I think we'd be quite happy to do that. My dad trusted us to be, represent his interests. 
and preserve the benefits for all the beneficiaries. And uh, it appears that my sister's um, approach would disinherit uh, the majority of the beneficiaries. So we don't, we have, we've not felt that freedom. Right. But I, I, I would encourage you to at least take 15 minutes and ask that question because I agree. It's, it's wrong. It's evil. Right. It is horrible. But yeah, just sometimes, like the cross. Yeah. Just like the cross. So like maybe there's right. a, like you said, maybe there's a bigger story that you don't yeah. realize. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. So horrible segue, bigger story. Um, the, I think Jenna may have her friend to deal with this morning, so she may not be able to come soon so she can catch the video later. So uh, I just want to declare that like, I feel like uh, we have solved part one, which is to come up with a template format that basically works and is relatively reproducible. It's not perfect, but it's like, it, you know, it will never be perfect. But this at least is not completely embarrassing <laughs> as some of my earlier attempts were. And it's like, okay, people can start use this as a basis for riffing off of how to improve it and customize it. And so like the, the big collaborative effort to try to get this format to something usable, I feel like is done. Any um, disagreements or alternate perspectives on that? No? Okay, I'll just take that as a yes and rather than a disconnection and move on. So we are at, we just finished week five. We have two weeks left, one regular session and then the what we call the Jubilee session, uh, which I have scheduled and it's supposed to be some sort of review, though I haven't actually figured out what actually happens then. We'll have to figure that out. But I, I prefer to start from the end and work forward or backwards to now. Uh, one of the things I learned at Apple is you start with a fixed future and that helps you determine the present. Uh, because, and uh, like we would say, we're going to ship you know, a new iPhone in one year or in three years from now. So we have to have this done two years from now, which means we have to have this done one year from now, which means we'll be doing this now. So I've told you this already, but I've long had this dream of celebrating Easter with the entire body of Christ uh, for the 2000th anniversary of the, the the resurrection and that's somewhere between 2030 ad and 2033 ad uh, based on the scholars i've read and but the only date in that range that both the eastern and western church celebrate is 2031 and so um even though it's not an actual date it's the date we it's not the right date it's the date we can do together which is our philosophy here so 13th April, 2031, my dream is to have the entire body of Christ uh, celebrate communion together uh, in memory of the cross and the resurrection. And it's something that came around my head, but I was, you know, this is what I would like DBJ to become, a worldwide network of Christians who are seeking, seeking to circulate ever more grace through the cross, who are embedded in multiple bodies of Christ who are celebrating communion together that day. And whether or not the group as a church as a whole or denomination as a whole acknowledges it, these believers say, yes, I am one with this body of believers and I am you know, locally here celebrating communion, virtually or physically, whatever people are doing those days. But I'm also part of this larger movement that is seeking to circulate ever more grace so that we grow all closer to Jesus. 
Uh, let me pause and catch my breath to see if you guys are still with me. Only a marketer could come up with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I, uh, I, I, I'm not sure I'm excited about that goal. I mean, it's nice, but uh, anyway, I don't, I don't want to detract from it, but I'm glad to unpack that. The goal itself is not interesting, except that it gives me a benchmark to shoot for. So, yeah, and I'm an uh, early adopter, so I'm always in for things like this. Okay. So it doesn't matter what you care about the goal. What matters is that the goal gives us a way to constrain uh, what I feel like is the assignment from God on this one. So, so like, if, if this is what God wants us to do, so that is 10 years, almost exactly, uh, from now. It'll be 13th of April. And it's late, it's late Easter that year, which is useful in some ways. Um, and so I figured, okay, what would it take to get there? So there's roughly, I don't know, you guys would know the answer. Roughly how many people are considered Christians in any sense of the word today? Is it three or four billion? It's one third of the world's population. Uh, which, which is, is a, let's call it nine billion for convenience. Sure, yeah. uh, sure. So say three billion, three billion Christians. Okay. So what I think about that is that say you know a typical meaningful community is around a hundred Christians, and if we want to have a pair of Christians in each community. That's two percent. Again, just a convenient number, which I think comes out to sixty million. If I'm doing the math correctly. Um. That sound reasonable. Two percent of three billion would be sixty million. Robbie, you're the engineer. Sorry, I was the man washing the dish from Isaiah. I think. It was. <laughs> hey, sorry. <laughs> that is um, an excellent excuse. Yeah. Um, uh, you got uh, from, you from sixty billion to to two billion. Sixty million to two billion. Two million. Sorry, from three billion, we, we had nine billion people on earth let's rough rounding just to make it convenient one third of those are christians so that's about three billion christians so, okay uh, yeah let, let me just try and summarize in a sentence my difficulty with this whole uh, focus um we talked i talked with you yesterday about the idea of the war of religions mentality of identifying and highlighting christians versus others uh, as a different uh, mindset from God's promise to Abraham to bless all the families of the earth, which in Galatians, Paul says, is the gospel preached in advance to Abraham. And uh, I would much rather see a goal that looks at people celebrating communion among every family line of earth uh, in some numbers than specifically among people that label themselves Christian. Okay, I received that. Uh, yeah. You have convinced me, Robbie. So let's go with the nine billion number. What the okay. a factor of three when you're <laughs> billionaire, billionaire pretty soon enough. Uh, so uh, one percent of a billion is ten million. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. So, uh, so two percent of nine billion would be 180 million. All right. Which is you know half the size of the U.S. Or you know okay. So just for planning purposes. Um, the goal would be to have 180 million people who have been, who uh, feel connected to the DBJ movement. That's just kind of tough something to work backwards from. 
in 10 years. Now, um, the, um, the fascinating thing about DBJ for me that wasn't really intentional, uh, but the cycle time of a DBJ session is seven weeks, which means you can have six or seven cycles in one year. And you know, right. everyone talks about exponential growth, but no one's ever able, you know, has been able to pull it off outside of these disciple making movements in, in traditional societies. Uh, right. But you know, the, the um, I think I did the math, it's something like if each group multiplies four times uh, a year, I see that, so I think four, uh, one million is like two to the, is four, like four to the 10th. And so, 180 million would be uh, roughly, as 256 million would be to the, anyway, so, so something like if each group multiplies, if one group turns into six groups, let's, let's, let's go with that whenever I'll do the exact math later, every year, that would actually be enough um, if, uh, to uh, reach that goal. So just to give some sense of the, the level of virality needed to reach that goal. Again, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know if it really matters. Sure. It just gives me some way to benchmark myself to say, okay, are we growing at a rate that feels consistent with that? And like that feels, that feels plausible. Like if I'm running this group six times a year, each time I find someone else who is willing to launch a new group and that the uh, what feels like linear growth for one group, if these groups keep compounding every year, would get us to that goal. Uh -huh. uh, and it's like, okay, that, that feels worth doing. Right. And so the, um, so backing up into the present then, the, um, the thing that, there's two things I guess I wanted to say to you guys. One is that like, I, want to, I would like to do that. I would like to see that happen. And I would like you guys to join me in uh, kind of seeking God, one, whether this is something that you guys are willing to spend the next decade, you know, working on, partnering me with, helping me, whichever role you see as. Uh, and like, this is not like a, any sort of formal commitment or anything, like if God is not in this and God does something else, then that's fine. Like, I'm not expecting you to like go down with the ship or anything. But if it seems like God might be in this, it's like, if God is in this, would you go by and be interested in like partnering with me over the next day, you know, as far as God takes it to see if that happens? So that's one question, which I'm not gonna ask an answer for. I'm just gonna leave that out there for you and for Janet to think and pray about, and we can certainly discuss. But the second thing I need to say is that um, this has been an extraordinary, uh, months for my family in terms of the spiritual warfare. And it's entirely possible that I will not be in a position to, to host a DBG session next month, next season. But I would like to keep the momentum and keep it going. And so one of the reasons I'm asking this for you is like, I mean, I, I, I hope to know more in the next week. I don't even know what God's timing is in all of this. Um, but, um, and we may not even meet next Saturday because I'll be on family vacation. So, um, I just want to kind of lay, like, I would love to do this with you guys, uh, but I don't know if I can do this uh, literally, you know, in the immediate future, which means that if something's going to happen to beat the momentum, I would need help uh, in some fashion or other. And so 
that's pretty much what I wanted to say, and I will stop and catch my breath. Here we go again. Robbie says, <laughs> Robbie says, hey, it's seven weeks. Try it. You might like it. Just seven <laughs> weeks. And all of a sudden, we're talking 10 years. <laughs> I think I'd be a dirty. Um, uh, uh, I, I have at least... In the, in the next few months, I have a variety of ways that I'm interested. I've mentioned to you, uh, I'm interested in exploring uh, how where this could go, trying it out with uh, maybe uh, people I'm in contact with currently in, our, in the team that prays for us and supports us, or uh, uh, mission leaders who are looking for uh, better adaptations of current movements for North America. Uh, both of those, uh, we've talked about how we might explore that. And if Brent has interest, I'd be glad to at least bring him up to speed on what uh, what I'm thinking about that. But uh, I've also been through stages where I wasn't sure how much I could take on outside of the home as we were processing things. And I uh, feel uh, 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 empathy for that, whatever that's looking like for you right now. Um, so I'm uh, open to being part of carrying it at least the next month uh, or two, a few months and seeing uh, what goes, where the Lord takes us. Thank you, Robbie. Um, yeah. Maybe Janice just showed this. No, that was my uh, oh. calendar driving uh, me. I right. can't figure out how to get my Apple calendar off my Mac, and so it always reminds <laughs> me with my G, uh, Google calendar. Okay. Uh, I uh, I have been operating seriously on this seven weeks model. Um, I have been absolutely. There's absolutely but, no obligation. Just so I'm clear. But I have been thinking about what next with this. And, um, you know, I, I thought it, it was really nice. I think if I had had to lead Thursday night session, I'd be a lot less interested uh, in it be, because I wouldn't know how it was going to spread out but watching ross do it gave me a lot of confirmation that other people could get it and do it um i had wanted to start my own second generation uh group and because of the chaos at our church i decided not to spring it on my guys the other thing is that there is uh, a sense of uh you know, like I'm, I'm totally fine sitting in this, this creative soup of listening for the leading of the Holy Spirit and, and, and trying things and switching in midstream and jumping from rock to rock and not knowing if the next rock might be a turtle or something like that. And, and Frogger uh, reference. Yeah. Uh, but uh you know i'm there's some things i have to think about okay how how do we move it to 
you know, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking just to, just to the guys I was trying to spring it on. But secondly, to, to other people who, who are just minding their own business and then it pops up and, and we could say, well, if the Holy Spirit is leading them, it'll work out, which is fine. But I also think I'd like, you know, I, I, okay, now I need to sit down and really look more carefully at the structure of, of what, you know, what it is, how do we accomplish it? And, um, you know, cause I mean, you know, I, I, I think of the, you know, questions, well, what's this going to do for me? Or what is the purpose of this? Maybe not for me, but what, you know, and is it, well, we just want to get, uh, 180 million people to, uh, to be ready to have communion together in 10 years. Uh, you know, and that's, that's meaningful and that's fine, but you know, what are some of the things that are coming out of it? And I look at what's coming out of it and I think there is a really deeper sense of walking closer to God, being more sensitive, carrying on conversations that we don't normally do and stuff like that. Uh, it hasn't interrupted my life to the point that it has consumed me so, you know, it's not, it's not an oppressive burden, but I mean, those are some of the things that are going through my head. That makes yeah, sense. Those are great questions. Yeah, absolutely. And Brett, that's most of the reason I want you is because of the questions you ask. Ah. Right? I, I don't expect you, I, it's like being like the whole point of this is it's not doing it right. It's doing it together. It is the skepticism. It's the diversity. It's the like, uh, I, I can say, I sometimes feel like I have all the answers, but I don't know any of the questions. And so yeah. it's only when we get the questions that we can figure out the right answers. And I think also I'm clear that I should probably, you know, scope back a bit. It's like, this is where I'd like to take you guys. So just give you kind of a warning on that. The practical decision is that in two weeks, this session will be done. And at that point, I think we need to have a set of invitations together where we say, hey, in the next week, we're going to start season two of Discipling by Jesus. and the the minimum we need to do something is to say these one two three people will be hosting sessions on these days and that's the decision we need in two weeks and uh, i need help making those decisions because i don't even know if i can be one of those people and i don't trust myself i trust you guys and the holy spirit more than i trust myself and i want basically you guys to, to you and janet when she hears this call and anyone else who wants to jump in, of course, you know, who wants to be a host to kind of work with me over the next two weeks to say, okay, these feel like A, the right sessions to host and B, the right materials and training and context to provide those people so that to all the points Brent mentioned, they don't go through the, the Frogger style jumping on alligators and turtles that we've been going through. They can have a much uh smoother road to do this thing whatever this thing is which i agree with you brent like the the the, the little cherry on the top of doing community together in 10 years isn't that big of a deal for me it's just more like a fun way to frame the problem right. the real question is what is the experience of the word the spirit the body and the blood that we want these people to have and what do we need to give them uh to maximize the frequency of that happening Yeah. I was I was uh I was jotting on my paper what are the outcomes but then I also jotted what are the incomes. 
<laughs> you know, what are, what are we expecting people to show up with? And, uh, you know, it's just, we, it, it has to be, uh, it has to have some footpath of attraction, attractionalism or whatever that, that, yeah. Somebody says, "Oh yeah, oh wow, yeah, that would be really interesting uh, to to do." And 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 I mean, the idea of learning a skill of uh, of doing this, you know. I mean, at the end of this time, you you could uh, you could really uh, you can do this yourself. In fact, we're going to hope that you will do this yourself, but. Uh, you know, it's it's just a really uh, a good uh, in and of itself the the strategies of DBJ of getting people to immediately immerse themselves in active participation and uh, momentary leadership moving towards greater leadership is is uh, you know I mean what we're doing is we're taking. We're taking the core components of church planning movement, discovery Bible studies, and we're we're reframing them into a framework that you know you're all the all the weird people and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just, I'm just talking out loud. Sorry, I'm just no, God, I'm, I'm thinking, I need to start scribbling this down to put this in our marketing materials. <laughs> this is great yeah, stuff, right? yeah, because because so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what attracted me to it was, uh, it was uh, exactly that because I have been, I have been wanting to to identify more than you know. I print out what I'm sure there's more stuff now, but you know, when I first got going of trying to say how can we adapt, how can we do a discovery Bible studies with people with Christians who are uh, to get them to interested in doing more of this. And so you, you, you do, you know, you try and stay close to the road and make it credible. Uh, you, 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 you look at what some of the people are doing that's over there, wherever there is, but then it's like, you know, there's stuff missing. And I think your, your approach has, has, crystallize for me many of the missing pieces and um it's more it's more intentional it's more um, intense it's more organic than the simple discovery bible study series is and 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 stuff and and that whole you know i mean i look at it the way we look at scripture i can use that anywhere i can use that with my group of old people you know, and okay, we're going to, we're going to read this section. So somebody read it first. Oh, and by the way, uh, Jane, uh, uh, when, when we're done, I'm going to see if I, I want you to, to recall as many of the facts and then let's put it together. Now let's do this and let's do this. And so the whole idea is it's making scripture come alive uh, in, in ways that people aren't used to. And so I've already gotten a lot of tools out of this. So, I mean, in a way it's a, it's a toolbox. So um, you know, that, that is all, that is all good stuff because I think a lot of people don't give themselves credit for being able to do this. And so I'm always trying to encourage people 
to move into doing something like ending my ending everything I do with people saying, okay, how, how is this going to fit into your week? What, what are some ideas that you could do? And what, you know, I mean, in this, uh, you know, that's where you've got to, got all this and I'm just rambling and I'm sorry, I will be quiet now. No, 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 no. This is beautiful. Except that I have to go practice what I preach and abandon you guys to go spend time with my family. My daughter got up early so I could take her for donuts. Okay. Um, I would appreciate if you guys would just pray and then uh, we will keep talking. We have two weeks to kind of, before we have to say anything publicly, um, we may not meet next Friday or next Saturday, but we have the chat thread. And I think that um, I have lots of ideas. So please pray to close out the call and I will catch up with you guys later. Thank you. Okay. Have fun. Yeah. So um, even though Ernie's gone, I think he'll still be able to catch the recording. I can let him know. I had a few thoughts I was hoping to add, um, if you don't mind, to just uh, interacting with me in Ernie's absence, and then we could pray. Is that all right? Or, I'm yeah, sorry. I all, I, all I can think about is donuts. <laughs> right, right. Well, not that. Not only that, you've got a conference starting online right yeah, now. Yeah, that's so okay. It's going. Yeah. It's muted. It's fine. Okay. So um, I... I've had a love-hate relationship with DBS uh, as I've as it has come to be, and I don't know if my uh, my I think my perception is fairly informed, but it may not be fair or accurate that uh, the emphasis on obedience uh, generally plays out in kind of a lockstep pressure for everybody to be doing the same thing at the same time to be getting the same insights and. It feeds my inclination toward being disciplined and duty-driven and living up to challenges and expectations. But um, that I've come to believe is not the same as being led by the Holy Spirit. And um, this uh, this cycle with the discipling by Jesus, DBJ, has given me, um, it, it has been the culmination to date of, uh, of a longer, say, two-year uh, revolution in my own heart uh, from trying to live up to the expectations that I place on myself, that others place on me, that I think uh, God is placing on me from the scriptural principles into much more of a living relationship of experiencing God's leading, of trusting that he's in control, of uh, resting in him, abiding, uh, hearing in ways that I can't um, justify rationally, and yet I believe you know God's in them, and uh, following Jesus into new things. Um, so I, I, I'm very excited about uh, that dimension of this, uh, the thing that I I was reflecting on just at the end is that going into the car will tell her how cold it is now. Brian, rejoining us. Ernie, did, did you mean to join us? I think he may have uh, pocket dial. I think this may be the uh, technology. This technology's equivalent of the butt dial. Hello. Good morning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, uh, I wonder if I could just message you. I just muted his microphone. Oh, well, 
congratulations. That's amazing. I didn't know you could do that. Well, I um, didn't either, but I figured there must be some coherence across platforms in terms of utility. So I just took yeah. a wild stab. <laughs> yeah, and you're not even the host, or uh, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, um, the um, the other thing I was thinking about is that in this iteration, we gathered people who have no prior relationship. And we've managed to compress uh, amazingly, from my perspective, the rate at which strangers can become uh, intimate, you know, in supporting one another. Um, which is often what, uh, so movements, my experience, move through existing relationships, not through forging new ones, primarily. And I, my, my next wonder is, um if if i could find people who would gather a group of people they know who already know each other like your old people that you've referred to and try this with that circle so i'm i'm imagining perhaps uh, casting about among my friends to say uh, do you think you could find five or six other people who would be interested in trying this experiment with you and i would come and, and be there as a resource uh, to help you, you know, follow the uh, and adapt the process to your own uh, situation, but where it would be um, a pre-existing relationships with me as a temporary add-on, rather than a whole set of temporary relationships that we don't expect to continue afterwards. So those were the two thoughts I wanted to squeeze in. I'm glad to interact further. Or uh, well, uh, that that pr that produces a couple of responses in my head that <clears throat> go for it i don't know why we used this passage of scripture not not that it's bad i'm i'm just right, saying right. this is this is a curriculum question is this framework transferable to other scriptural uh sections that are applicable to other things uh and and I, my my hope for answer is yes because right. you know i think that is it then the issue is is it transferable to only connected seven segments of the same passage or is it connected to seven um different passages that relate to a central organizing principle and mm -hmm. i would hope that that answer would be yes to yes to all because then you you know you could say uh you know it, it, well what, what's the study about well it's it's about peter okay well you right. know you know or well you know it's about it's about uh getting deeper with the holy spirit well i I'm scared of the Holy Spirit, so I don't want to do that. Well, it's about uh, it's about uh, it's about understanding I and identifying and uh, growing resources for yourself and others around you about loneliness, or it's about building relationships, or it's about staying connected, or it's about you know. So there's, I mean, a lot yeah. of different things that that if we said uh, discipling by Jesus is uh, let's bring Jesus into each of these situations and 
in, in a slightly different way than other people have thought about it. And, you know, not just, not just by prayer. I mean, you know, most of the, you know, the healing of memories and the, and the, you know, the, all of that stuff was about through med contemplative meditative ideas about bringing Jesus into things. And my uh, EMDR colleague, um, said the other day she said you know i I've, I've never liked the idea of bringing jesus into the middle of some of these situations and she said uh -huh. for example rape i don't uh -huh. want to cause somebody to catastrophize an experience where they're seeing their rapist and then they're seeing jesus in the room that was too uh -huh. traumatic for her okay right. that i i understand but the idea is can we can we bring uh jesus's discipleship principles into different aspects of our life so that people you know so that okay ernie you're not listening but down the road a year down the road we've had these uh you know the, the feedback through the loop of whatever he sets up is we have people uh we have a fourth or we have a sixth generation leader who said I have in my community uh, um, three uh, borderline schizophrenic people. In other words, when I say borderline, I mean they they right. they're they're uh, they're unique, dear souls, but uh -huh. a little hard. But most people don't want to get to know them. And I pulled together two of them and four other people just to share and grow. And what happened is that these two now have, you know, in the church, they have these other four friends and they have right. more people around them and stuff. And so we go, wow, we never thought that would happen. Or, uh. or, or, you know, like, um, you know, I'm thinking about my Sunday school class, which I have labeled 60 plus to glory. Uh -huh. uh, and I did that intentionally because I want, I want people uh, my age and older to be thinking about, yeah, you know, I, that's, I mean, I'm not wishing that today, but yeah, you know, I am for glory, you yeah. know, and, and, yeah. but at the same time, um, six, one, uh, one of my, one of my uh, uh, innate leaders she coordinates getting her uh, a number of widow friends together at Denny's. Well, they uh -huh. decide to, to deal with that to say, are there other, you know, we all have other widow friends and some of them don't want to do this, but let's meet together and, and think through some things and pray about it. And, and, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, so the curriculum aspect is even helping people to identify, well, how would you turn this in? How would you turn the problem, you know, uh, into yeah. uh a seven section, you know, just staying right. within the Ernie's framework, a seven point uh, connecting about uh, with scripture. Well, I have no idea. Well, then let's figure out. Well, but I never took, you know, I didn't go to Bible school or I didn't go to Christian college and I've never had a Bible class. Well, let's go to Rabbi Google and type in the word you're concerned about and see what, you know, right. and see what the biblical references are. And let's just uh -huh. start thinking and taking notes and see what happens because you never, you realize that there's a lot of, of things. Okay. But why, why is, isn't this just the same as grief share? No, it's, it's not. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a discipleship program. Well, what do you mean by discipleship? Well, 
at the end of this, we hope that other that these people will have skills and gifts that they want to share with other people and it will grow and stuff. So, I mean, is the model that viral and virulent or, you know, strong that, that, and, and can it, can it, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, to, uh, descend into all kinds of virus narratives, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, the, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that's just in, in that that came out of kind of what you were saying too. Is that, um, you know, I think if we were to look uh, in North Carolina or the apartment complexes of Houston or in San Jose, and say, okay, all you guys, the pioneers that from church planning movements that came back to the states, right. what does that look like? And what I think it looks like after these years is not at all like what they were doing in Nepal or India or Indonesia, it will have morphed into its own thing. And some of that is good. And some of that is maybe not so good, but you know, you can't, uh, it's hard for me to say what is, what is good or not outside of seeking the Lord's face on each of those things. So, sure. you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm thinking. So, yeah, well, I, I as, uh, you one one question you raised was how uh, we ended up with this set of scriptures, and I asked Ernie that the other day. Um, it was just a sense of the Lord's leading that He had, um, and uh, I don't know that I can say any more about that except I think the Lord was leading him. Um, I think that uh, the there are there are various dimensions of this and uh i think many of them are independent of the passages chosen so mm-hmm. that uh others would be free to try out i mean that's a that's i think of experiments so one experiment is um what happens when we take this into pre-existing groups of relationships and probably they want to they're already meeting and they do this for a while how does it impact beyond that and does it uh that does it replicate does it stir people that already have a group to um want the same thing in other groups so within the model of movements uh or you know the the streams of movements around the world i've looked in depth at a variety of very very different models it would be hard to imagine how they could be any more different and yet the commonality i see is that there's um, an experience of God's blessing at the household level and the group level that is, it's it's a positive enough and powerful enough experience that people who have experienced it want them to share it with others. So that would be an additional question about this does it create self-motivation do people experience something that they then want to create that experience for other people and and who do they want to do that for and how effectively are they able to do that Uh, i think in my mind that's the core element of whether it can become a movement or not Um, i think the freedom to uh, adapt other sets of scriptures uh, whether it needs to stay a seven-week thing or whether, you know, in, in movements, 
uh, groups don't disband after seven weeks. They continue even as they try to launch other groups in other contexts where they have relationship or where they feel led to try and carry the blessing uh, beyond their group or whatever. So um, I don't know that the seven-week framework is actually that important except uh, for uh, training purposes. So to have a seven-week training. And then I think the, uh, the practical skills that we gain uh, from passing the leadership around, the micro-leadership of I pitch it to you and then you become the leader pitching it to somebody else, that level of uh, instead of some facilitator who picks Okay, you share, then you share, then you share, or I take volunteers or whatever. Um, that shift away from the facilitator role, I think, is uh, is uh, eminently worth exploring to see whether that carries or whether that falls apart in the weight of cultural pressure to resume or continue what we've done in the past. Um, the uh, The idea of asking questions and letting those questions hang instead of trying to answer each other's questions so that we have questions we're carrying before the Lord through the week. Uh, the idea that everyone can offer communion to everyone else. Uh, this isn't an exhaustive list. It's just a few of the elements that I think are, are significant innovation. I love that micro leadership idea. Uh, we need to capture that because that's exactly what it is. We're taking people who wouldn't necessarily uh, rate themselves as having leadership criteria because, you know, there's seminars and certifications and books and all that right. that says right. this is what a leader is and does. And you go, well, I'm not that person. But yep. no, I mean, the, the the leveling at the cross says that we are all that person and yep. we we all we all look to Jesus. And so, you know, like I, I told you before, our church is going to start Rooted, which is a program that came out of Mariners in, in uh, Southern California. Uh -huh. And in typical American fashion, it is blossomed. I mean, it actually is from a group of African pastors, which I love about it. But uh -huh. it is, and it's it's autonomous from Mariner's Church now, but right. uh, it, it's it's got a, you know, in typical American fashion, the book that you work on is now a over 200 page hardbound book. <laughs> That oh, right. you did. And it's it's uh, I think it's 10 weeks, but it's it's an effort to, you know, when, when you go to go to church, there's going to be these groups that are starting regularly so that you get involved and you get invested and you get connected. And I see what, what I think about Ernie's is if you go with the standard classical CPM uh, model of rabbits and elephants you know uh -huh. right dbj is is uh really much more of a rabbit than an elephant and you know i was right. always the one that i i didn't i didn't have i didn't go to the meetings i didn't go to you know i didn't travel i just would sit sit back and think you know and i and i'd read i don't know if it was who was i reading but steve smith you know steve smith you you come back to his writings all the time right. yin kai and all those guys but you know the 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 inherent frustration and disappointment in the global church evangelization efforts and discipleship efforts um 
I understood, I agreed with, but I also was uh, frustrated with because I didn't think we needed to create that straw man and then keep attacking. And, you know, you kick it, you know, once the horse that you are riding has died, it's time to dismount, you know, and okay, we right. agree. And I also said, wait a minute, let's do the math on this. If you're telling me that only 10% of the people that join a church planning movement actually become uh, planters, the you know, church planters themselves. Uh -huh. Where do the ninety percent go? You need right. an elephant church around it for these people, not yep. not to siphon them off, but some people are just not going to be able to be rabbits. They're just right. they're just not. And so, uh, you know, I think I think the other thing about DBJ is that it does. You know, the genius of Ernie is saying, I think there's a framework that we can figure out that the Lord can lead us through that can help us make better uh, opportunities for people to to grow. And, 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 and you know, I think, yeah, man, I sound like I've jumped in with both feet all the way, huh? That's a little scary. Uh, yeah. But you know the 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 uh, I you know I I keep coming back to God. Why did you tell me to to leave everything that I was doing, my whole uh, you know, and do this, you know, and what what does this look like, and you know, and and then and then just since we started this process, at the same time, literally within the same week, I. Colleen and I say, well, we're going to leave our Sunday school class that we've been involved with for eight years, that's gone on for 35 years, that uh -huh. has since disbanded, uh -huh. uh, and move to the big class and just be part of it, uh -huh. and sit in the back row and be, be an encourager, and all of a sudden, here I am, I can't get out of the front row, and, yeah. and people are saying, man, you know, we are looking forward to you leading us. And I said, but I'm not the leader. Oh, yes, you are. No, no, I really am not. Oh, you know, and so why, you know, but at the same time, I'm I'm thinking you guys don't have a clue where I'm going to lead you. <laughs> right, right. You, you, you have no idea what kind of trouble we're going to get into in terms of serving the Lord and, and. And and uh, and stuff. And that's, you know, that's exciting. But, you know, God, God keeps moving me into these, you know, things. I'm, I'm watching this psychology conference and saying, you know, that, that stuff is really interesting to me. But I'm, I'm always saying, well, how can I apply that in a pastoral care environment in the local church or in mission? So yeah. It's it's interesting how we go. And one thing that uh, troubles me, uh, I referenced earlier the the dbs uh traditional model as i perceive it uh pushes uh everybody getting uh getting to a place of obedience that's recognizable and that tends at least in the opening training sessions in a t for t style uh the steve smith you know book uh to focus on specific steps of obedience that everybody's going to take. And if you're not up to the challenge at this moment, then you're kind of in a, an inferior class. If you're not ready to evangelize five of your family or five of your contacts this week, 
then uh, uh, there's, and it works in shame-based cultures where groups are used to doing things together and doing whatever is required to be part of the group. It seems to me that falls apart in Western uh, cultures where we're much more oriented to question everything and to not go along just because the rest of the group is and all that. And one thing I really appreciate about the DBJ is I don't sense any of that. Uh, there's just a, what what is Jesus speaking to you about? What questions do you have for God? Uh, what are you getting out of this passage rather than trying to persuade each other to get what we've gotten? And I think this uh, there's a huge problem in my experience of uh, Christian culture in the, the North America that whatever whatever tradition you're part of, you've embraced certain principles as the priorities of Scripture that everybody else needs to embrace, and if they don't, then that's something inferior. Um, if if you know until they come up to your level of embracing the things you've embraced. So we push others to receive what has been meaningful to us rather than leading everyone into an experience where they're receiving something from Jesus. And that's uh, that's another part of, another way of expressing, I guess, what I appreciate about the DBJ. Yeah. Well, you know, and I've, you know, my, I may have a goal that I want people to do do evangelism right all the time but most of us are so far away from that that it is very uh anxiety producing to to you know to to make that commitment to go ahead and do it and you know for you know i was like well did it, okay so everybody pick a friend that you're going to share jesus with this week so the next week right did anybody share well one person had a really indirect conversation the rest didn't do it well that's okay let's just keep keep praying about it what i want to do is say no you know let's let's imagine some some life experiences and what would it look like and then let's role play say how do we well i don't even know where to start that's perfect that's where we're going to start when we don't know where to start and so we start having conversations and then it's the issue of you know, it's not about you got to get through all four spiritual laws and get a prayer of, and get their signature on the back of the book. It's about were you able to think about how you might want to carry on a conversation? Well, yeah, uh, you know, I was thinking a lot about Tommy. And then George says to me out of the blue, I've never had any spiritual conversation with George. He says, how are you dealing with things? <laughs> and I and, and all of a sudden, I found myself saying things like we talked about. Oh, isn't right. that interesting? Huh. I wonder how that happens, you know? And 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 so getting people to just integrate it into, uh, into, the, into our lives is so terribly uh, easy and important and, and, and stuff, you know? And, and, you know, you, maybe you're not going to be an instigator in terms of starting the conversations, but you could sure be, uh, uh, some other role that, that, right. you know, that people end up talking through some of the most powerful, uh, evangelistic conversations I've had have been pre-evangelism where people are just wondering about something. And I have, I couldn't bring myself into the conversation without talking about that spiritual part of me. 
and uh-huh. and you know that you've done it uh, non-demand and non-threatening when they say, well, thanks, that was helpful. You know, I've never been able to talk to you people like that about this right. before. And you go, wow, yeah. I'm sorry. I hope you find other people that will talk to you like this. Yeah. So, you know, I think DBJ gets us into that framework in a way. You know, one of the uh, so there's a there's a group that was called Q Place for a while. I don't know if that's still the name. They uh, started off as Nurses Bible Study or Christian Fellowship, an inductive study forty years ago. But uh, they got to a place a few years ago where they were focusing on creating a safe place for people to ask questions, and they uh, would often engage people. With, uh, so if you if you could ask God anything you wanted and you knew He'd give you an answer, what would you ask Him? And then when they got the question, they would resist the cultural Christian uh, tendency to try and answer the question. They'd say. Uh, you know, that's a great question. What's Why is that meaningful to you? Or what's the story behind that question? And uh, the, the, that simple step of not trying to answer questions for other people and uh, dump all of our theology on them is it creates a space where people can explore and, and learn and discover and come to Jesus in a way that they don't when we're ready with all the answers. So this is another, again, this uh, re- relates to the DBJ and that we're implicitly practicing this skill without being explicit about the value or where it uh, shows up. Um, yeah. But the, the other thing that I think about, even even with evangelism, you know, I, I, I long myself to be more effective in evangelism and to help every believer I know be more effective. But um, when when I choose the timing and focus of that, to try and push people in that direction. It's a very different experience from when they're having an experience with Jesus where he begins to talk to them about that, or when the Holy Spirit begins to uh, relieve them from some of the fears or whatever other barriers. Because I think anybody who's who has experienced the joy of salvation wants to share that joy with others. Uh, but if they're in a state where they're not experiencing that joy, pushing them to share what they have with others as a duty, uh, I think is perhaps more self-defeating than it is helpful. Um, it can, you know, God could use it because he's eager to save people. And uh, when Jonah was fleeing, you know, the uh, people on the ship came to faith. And um, even when we're working out of duty or even in disobedience, God can work and he can give us joy in the fruit that we see that we weren't expecting or, or wanting. Um, but I, I think there, for me, there's something very life-giving about letting go of our agenda for other people and inviting them into an experience of growing grace, um, experiencing and circulating grace which engages us in uh, a blessing and a joy and an experience that uh, if it's genuine that we want to share and we see a way that we can share it. And um, you also mentioned the book that has come out of the Mariner's background, a 200 page book. I'm thinking uh, the, for me, it, it seems like posting the slides 
It's something I have no trouble with technically, but I can see that as being daunting enough to be a drag on a movement where if we just took those slides, they could be in a little 16-page booklet that uh, would, you know, so anybody could flip through with a group of friends um, and they could use, they could send individual pages from a PDF file to others and say, now at this point, I want you to, you know, do this part, leave this part or whatever. Um, and it's it's kind of the minimal infrastructure to facilitate a shift away from our cultural norms in Christianity, where we're sharing insights rather than questions, and where we're pushing each other to live up to things that, or to receive what we found important, rather than inviting, you know, all coming together to Jesus to see how he individually and differentially um relates to each one of us yeah yeah and and i think that to to keep it simple is is once again in the the analogy that i'd like to see us stay with is is being being a rabbit as opposed to an elephant and right. we don't want to create you know uh we you know we we don't necessarily want to create a giant organizational mantle surrounding all of this it's very much of a a process that uh well i don't know i don't know what ernie wants to do but you know i mean if we if we uh, are saying how can how can this be something easy for people to pick up i mean it seems like everything everything now like uh uh is is uh marketed as as a book and a video series and a and and uh, a workbook, and it's uh, 49.95. But if you buy five a uh, five set thing, you know, it's like Scazzaro, spirit, uh, his uh, uh, emotionally healthy. Yeah, his emotionally healthy stuff. I mean, I'm really attracted to that stuff. But then I look and 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 all this stuff, and it's like, I don't want to become a trainer in this. You know, right. I I I want to, uh, but that's that seems to be where so much marketing goes. And I don't know that that's, you know, really uh, the place that it, who knows where it should go. But uh, I mean, that gets, you know, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of my friend, Pat, who is in her eighties, mm-hmm. who wants to get together with widows and who says, I, I can't, I can't do much right now. I'm not driving. Right. But I want to do what I can. And and what I want is her to say, in my in my mind, I, I hear her saying, I can do this. Right. And, and I th- there are so many places that I can do this. I can't wait to start doing it and then doing it again and then helping other people. And before you know it, we've got 60 widows in their 80s who are discipling all kinds of people. You know, I mean, right. so that's for me the uh the genius or the genus of all of this we need to pray i need to go to my meeting all right well jesus we uh we thank you for the experience we've had with you over many decades and uh also over just recent weeks that has encouraged us with uh changes that you seem to be so in your church, uh, I see that in many more places than just DBJ. But uh, we thank you that you are 
bringing the whole world toward the fulfillment of your promise to Abraham to bless all the family lines of earth and that uh, we have parts to play that we're not yet aware of amidst the global things that you're working out. And so we just invite you to continue to uh, lead us forward, the three of us that are in this conversation, each in our individual way, whether that involves a continuing involvement or not. Um, and I just ask your blessing on Ernie as he's with his daughter and Brent as he goes to his meeting. And we thank you for your loving presence. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, uh, thank you for Ernie's vision and his stick to and his desire not to let something slide and for his willingness to put it all on the table and let different people pick it up and move it around and, and try out different things. And thank you for that style of integrative leadership. And I just ask that you would bless that um, and be with uh, Robbie and myself and Janet as we pray what our next steps should be. And as we think about how this is a culmination in each one of our lives and hearts about stuff that we've been thinking about and how you brought us together from such diverse groups. I mean, I didn't know any of the, I knew Robbie, but I didn't know anybody else. And other people knew me, but, you know, it's, uh, it's just who knows where this is going to go. And I just, I, I just ask that you give each one of us uh, a special day be with uh, Robbie as he uh, deals with uh, his extended family and uh, and uh, figuring out uh, what should be the equitable and right and appropriate w- wishes to be carried out for the greatest number of people, Father. And and we know in advance that those decisions are never are never easy and they're hardly ever accepted all the way and that no one is happy at the end in some respects. And so we just mm-hmm. ask you be with that too and be with, be with uh, Ernie this week as uh, he is dealing with uh, some intense spiritual warfare around family issues that you would help give them a path forward as well. Father in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Have a thing sometime I'd be interested to discuss. The movement world and how this interacts with that, and where we might go to both influence and to learn from. Yeah. Um, but uh, another conversation. Yeah. Bless you, man. Have you a great too. day. Take care. Bye.